0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock Podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now.
1: Okay, church, now remember last week. Now, it wasn't last week, it was two weeks ago. Santo showed up last week and then forgot that we weren't here, but that's a whole other story. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about how the book, guys, the book of Revelation, it reveals who? Jesus. Okay? That's really the key. And I think if we understand that going in, you go, okay, so so what am I reading? I'm reading about Jesus, about Joshua, about our God and and the central theme all about the book is, is of Jesus. And guys, 2 weeks ago we spent a good amount of time studying the book. Basically, how how it was written, why it was written, and we discussed the signs and the symbols. Now, that's key, and that's important. Why? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a brief history lesson. It's very, very important, okay? And you go, why? Because at Calvary, guys, this is a teaching fellowship, and I want you to have a foundation in the Word of God, understanding it, so you know. Okay, here we go. Now... When we studied the book of Acts, guys, we learned some important lessons. You go, what's that? As Paul reached his final destination, Paul wanted to go to Rome. I desire to go to Rome, whenever you read that. Now, towards the end of the book of Acts, Paul gets his wish, and he wants to appeal to a Caesar named Nero, okay, the emperor Nero. Now, let me give you some facts about Nero, very, very important. If you recall, Nero started out as a good emperor, okay? He was a good guy. And tradition tells us that Paul the apostle finally got to be in front of Nero. Well, guess what Paul did? Paul did what you and I should be doing every single day of our lives. You go, what did he do? He preached and presented the gospel to Nero. Now, tradition says that Nero was convicted by the Lord but he didn't make a commitment to follow Jesus. You know that feeling when you walk out convicted? Oh, man, I need to make a change. You have a choice. You have a choice to go, okay, I need to change. Nero didn't. Nero said, no, 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 no. That, that's for some. God, no, no. And I wonder Nero's mindset. I wonder if he has the same mindset we do as humans. Me and God, we have a special relationship. It's okay. I don't need to follow his rules. Uh, We're okay. No, no, no. That's a crutch for you. But here's what we learned. Here's what we learned. He was so convicted. He didn't make a commitment. And then tradition and history tells us he became so messed up in the head. Guys, so messed up in the head that he actually began to torture Christians. That's how messed up he was. You go, what? Yeah, it was almost like if, if the Christians weren't around then he didn't feel guilty or condemned. Like, like I don't want you Christians around because, man, you just, oh, I know there's a Jesus. I'm just going to hang out with other non-believers. And, and that's kind of his mindset. And he, guys, Nero became violently wicked. He was awful. As a matter of fact, if you do a history on Nero, do you realize that if you were a follower of Jesus Christ and you stood up and said, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ, you know what he would do with you? Rosa, he would dip you in pitch, impale you on a pole, and light you to burn. And he would do that all through his garden. So you have Christians burning, live Christian burning on the stake, so he can ride through his garden naked. That's how messed up this dude was. That's messed up. That's what he did to Christians. Now, I, I think about this, and I'm like, wow. I wonder, as believers, are we, are we going to be, or are we headed? Because sometimes we feel like spiritual warfare is, I didn't get my way. I, didn't, I wasn't in line at the grocery store, the first one, and so, that, Lord, I that was feeling attacked today because, no, 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 guys, these, think about that. Hey, man, Santos, you're, you're a follower of God. I'm a follower of God. Kill him and light him so I can ride my chariot." So if we move a little further into history, the emperor who replaced Nero was a fellow by the name of Tiberius Dominician. Tiberius Dominician. Now, this this guy was just as messed up. He gradually applied him to himself all the attributes of God. Okay? He stood up and said, ah, these are the attributes of God. And he established a form of religion that was actually anti Christian. Sound like anybody we know? Okay? There's a fellow that's going to come on the scene here in the next few weeks, probably in 2021, that's going to be the Antichrist. Okay? He is going to. In the middle of the tribulation, I'm getting ahead of myself, but in the middle of tribulation, he is going to set up the phone and he's going to say, no more sacrifices, I am God. And, and the Jews are going to... Anyway, well, but, but here's the point. This is what he did. So, Tiberius' Domitian is going, oh, I don't like Christians. And, and, and so, as this book is being written down, you have an evil-minded, brilliant dictator who understands that behind the movement stands an uh, this ig- ignomatic fi- figure named Jesus who threatened guess what all the glory of the empire well if that Jesus, people are going to worship Jesus they're not going to worship Caesar and so they're they're tripping man they're they're these guys are messed up so what does John do John is living in this and he writes down all that he sees he writes it all down. Much of it would be foreign to an evil emperor. He wouldn't know what he's talking about. But it would bring understanding and comfort all those who understood the Old Testament. And go, boom, 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 boom. Guys, it's like, it's like we're in bondage and we get a love letter, a letter of hope, but the jailer can't read it because he has no idea what the love letter is about, but you and I know what it's about. And we're going, oh! And this is what the letter is. This is why I find it so interesting that people go, no, don't read the book of Revelation; it'll drive you crazy. Only, only certain people could understand the book of Revelation. Oh no, I stay away; I'm scared. No, 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 no. This is, this is, this is a love letter. And we actually talked about this, guys. It's the, it's the blessing promise, guys. You remember verse three? Verse 3 says this, blessed is he, guys, who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. No other book makes a statement like that. Now, we are blessed, guys, when we read any part of the Bible, but this is the only book in the Bible with a built-in promise. That's what I love. Now, listen, listen. The more you read this book, the more you study this book, the more you understand this book. Let me say that again: the more you read, the more God speaks to you. I have been pastoring this church for seventeen years i've been I was an assistant pastor before that got saved at seventeen. And just last night, God revealed something to me in his word that I had never seen. I was like, I went to death. I said, yeah, I read something interesting. And and I was just saying, she's like, what? Guys, the point is, is that God continues to illuminate his word if we're, if we have a mind and a heart to understand it. And I love that it says that blessed are those who read it. Can I get an Amen. Hear it, okay, I want to hear it, and keep it. And keep it. Because isn't really obedience key? Obedience is key, is it not? When little Joey comes up and he's two years old and you say, no, Joey, don't touch the stove, okay, That those are the instructions. Now, if Joey touched the stove, he's being disobedient and there's consequences. But obedience is really key because you know, don't touch the stove, It's hot. It's hot. So when we read and we hear and we keep it. Look, jot this down just for future reference, guys. I think this is a great psalm. Psalm 19, verse 7 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect. Why? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This is the word of God. This is Psalm 19, verse 7. Guys, we're going to read it. Oh, enlighten me. We're going to allow the word of God to read us, okay? Because although the the churches, the seven churches in Asia Minor, they're real churches, they're literal churches, I find my walk inside that church, I find that there are times when I'm lukewarm, Oh, I'm not hot for God. I'm not cold. Oh, I feel like I'm the church of Laodicea. Sometimes I feel like I'm the church of Ephesus. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do, but I've lost, I left my first love. I don't, where, where are you, Jesus? We're, we're all part of that. Uh, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. But blessings come in reading and hearing and Now, let me give you a side note, okay? For those of you that take notes, I love that you take notes. Why do I love that you take notes? Here's why. Because when you're going to be raptured, somebody's going to be looking at your notes. Somebody may be close to you going, now, let me give you this. I want to give you seven Beatitudes. You guys remember the Beatitudes in Matthew? I'm going to give you seven found in this book, okay? I'm going to talk about them in a couple of weeks, but let me just give them to you. Write these down, okay? It's in Revelation. Revelation 1.3. Jot that down. Revelation 14:13, Revelation 16:15, Revelation 19:9, 9, Revelation 20 verse 6, Revelation 22 verse 7, and then Revelation 22:14. These are seven beatitudes. now, if you're really highly motivated, you'll go home and probably look them up tonight. That'd be cruel. That'd be cool. But we'll talk about them later. So what do you want to do tonight, Ben? Well, tonight I want to chat with you about about the central theme of this book, right? who Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? OK? This is the fact, the first of the divine outline, because he's talking about the things past or the things which you have seen. So what it is, it's the unveiling of Jesus. And so I've entitled this message, God in the Flesh Revealed. God in the Flesh Revealed. Okay? Very, very, very important. Heard a testimony from a Muslim man who said, basically, this is what he told the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm going to, he's got the Quran and he's got the Bible. And and basically, John 3.16 just stood out to him. And it wasn't, and I mean, and, and basically it was Jesus who just revealed who he was to him. And the interviewer asked him, so what's the difference, he said? He said, when you realize that Jesus is God and that he died on the cross for you. Everything else doesn't matter. Everything else is not truth. If Jesus is truth, then nothing else matters, does it? Our religion, Eva, doesn't matter. Our heritage, where we were born, where we came from, how we were brought up. When we believe that Jesus, he is the truth, that's all that matters. And so that's what I want to do. I want to I show you who Jesus is. Okay? Now, as I stated last week, guys, some of us, some of you watching, man, we desperately need this book. Okay? Some of us are just curious. Oh, revelation, this is cool. No, no, no. We need this book. Why? Because we need a revelation of Jesus in our heart. And if we can be completely honest in church, there are, are there are a lot watching online, there are a lot listening via podcast, there are a lot of folks that are far away from God right now. And they're wanting to make that connection. And they're, they have that hunger in your heart. You know it's there. It's like, ah. you know how I know you're hungry? You know how I know you're hungry? Because it's cold outside. And it's far better to be in your comfy robe with a cup of coffee and the fire going and watching the Christmas tree. And But you're here. You're here on a Wednesday night. And I love it. And I love it. Now, those of you watching online, that doesn't mean not saying anything. You're watching. So that's good. That's good. So don't be like, well, I'm at home. No, no, no you're watching. You're watching. You're watching. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, guys, in our world. You can agree with me. There's a lot of people in our world that need to know Jesus better. Walk closer with him. And maybe you're here, and it's been a hard week. I know it's been a hard week for me. You go, Ben, it's only Wednesday. I know. I know. And I need to see this. Guys, think about this. I, I, I just... I put on Facebook yesterday to pray for your pastor. And I didn't mean like pray for me. I just meant pray for your pastor. Wherever you go to church, pray for your pastor. But everybody's like, pray for your pastor. And I loved it. I loved it. But let me let you on a little secret. You know that it seems like the very thing that you're preaching on and teaching on is the very thing the enemy attacks you on. So why I pick loneliness and depression and stress and all that is beyond me. Because those are the things that the Lord is coming with. I mean, the enemy's coming with. And I thought, wow. So let's make it great. Let's teach Revelation and Wednesday nights. (laughs) But that's where the encouragement comes in, guys. So I can keep my eyes on the Lord. Now, remember, as we study this book, guys, we will know Jesus. You will know him. And your job from here on out is to make him known. You have a beautiful opportunity with COVID, you have a beautiful, to speak truth into people's lives. You do. It is probably the number one topic people talk about right now. No matter where you go, we're talking about it. We're talking about being sick and I get it, but what an opportunity for us to go, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, why, why? Let me just say this, the last, now listen, 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 the last thing that Satan wants to see happen in your life is to see you know Jesus even more. That's the last thing he wants. You know what he wants? You know what the enemy wants, Santos? He wants to keep us in prison. He wants to keep us in bondage. He wants to keep you knocked down, down and out, depressed. He he doesn't want us victorious. He doesn't want you to know the power you have in Christ. He doesn't want you to know that you are victorious. Listen, he doesn't want you to have peace, the peace that comes from the the cross. Why? Because the cross is what saves me. I put my faith and trust in that and I can rest because it's not a works-oriented gospel. It's not watch me do this, watch me do that. Listen, Rosa, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm the pastor and I've worked for God. That has nothing to do with it. I can rest because Jesus died on the cross for me and I put my faith and trust in him. I do that. Have you guys done that? Have you really rested in him? Are you really resting? Or is there something in your spirit that you're like, oh, oh. Okay. So if you're taking notes tonight, guys, here's what we're going to discover. First of all, number one, who is Jesus? I want to know Jesus. We got two roses in here, right, Rosa? We want to know Jesus. Amen. Number two, who we were. I want you to know who we were. And then I want you to know who we are in him. Big difference. Okay? Thessalonians says this. Thessalonians says, That basically what's going to happen is that we're going to hear the trumpet of God, right? The voice of the archangel. And it says, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I'm excited about that. So all your loved ones, guys, who die in Christ, they're in heaven. They're going to to rise first. They're going to be part of the rapture. And then we're going to meet them. Boom. Right there. More to come on that. In the next coming weeks. So, now, to truly understand who God is, we need to see what is said about Him. Okay? So, put on your thinking caps for a second. If we were to look at the Gospels, if we were to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what would we discover? Ben, we would discover that apart from Him turning over a few tables, okay? They really portray my Jesus as meek and mild. Okay? There's only that one time that Jesus went a little bananas and he was throwing over tables and getting mad at everybody. But more than, more mostly he was just meek and mild. And he would say, oh, come. And he'd gather the disciples and he'd sing kumbaya. And they would just have a great time. That's, that's really, I mean, that's, that's some of the, the way people paint my Jesus. But, but, but I want you to think about this, right? You know how Revelation portrays him? That he's the ruler, he's the judge, and he's the king over all the earth. That's what he is. But but listen, okay, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit, okay? Because Colossians, the apostle Paul, says, I want to tell you who Jesus is. I want I want to tell you. I want you to know him. Okay? Now in Revelation, we're gonna go oh like mind-blown on who he is because he's like he's judge, like he's king. Like he's not coming in a like like in a few weeks we're gonna celebrate, oh look, Jesus' birthday, oh, here's a present, here's a present, put up a tree. It's more than that. He's coming in as King of Kings, Lord of Lord, ruler, and he's going to execute judgment on an unbelieving world. You don't wanna be here. You don't wanna be here. What does Paul write? Colossians chapter one, picking it up in verse 15. Paul writes, he, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Did you guys catch that? That is something to highlight. Why is that important? Because if you want to know who God is, study Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. I just want to know God, God the Father. The Word of God just told us, if you want to know God, study Jesus. Study Jesus. Look at Jesus. Follow Jesus. Why? Because he's the firstborn over all creation. Check this out. For by him, all things, everybody say all things, were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things in him, all things consist. What does that say? What did he say? Jesus was there in creation. He created everything. All things consist in him. That's Jesus. He's God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Think about it. Think about it for a second. Let your heart explode with love. Why? Because here is a God who created man, man sinned, willfully disobeyed God. You know what God did? He said, listen, I'm going to send my son, fully God, fully man, to reconcile you back to me. That's what he did. Think about it. That is the essence of love. He sent his son to reconcile you to take your evil, wicked heart and give you a brand new heart. He He did that for you. And everybody's like, man, God's mad at me. He doesn't let me have fun. You don't let me party or nothing. No, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he knows the consequences of that kind of lifestyle. He says, no, 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 listen, there's so much more. I have so much more for you. And the enemy comes in and goes, no, nah, man, you're fine the way Are You're cool. Yay. Hey, hey, don't get radical. Rosa, don't get, re- don't go to church on Wednesday night, Rosa. Don't do it because that's radical. You're a radical Christian. Come on. No, no, no. We should be going, wow. I get more of God. I get more. And then Thursday, guess what we're doing? I can't wait till Sunday. I can't wait till Sunday. Why? Because church is more than just coming. It's being part of the family. It's lifting each other up. It's praying for each other. It, this is what it's about. Lord, help us on what we've made church to be. Lord, help us. It goes on and he says, He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence, for it pleased the Father, that in him all the fullness should dwell. That is Colossians. That's who Jesus is. I mean, study that. Now, let's go back, guys. Hold your place there. You can highlight it later, dissect it. But for the sake of time, let's go back. We're going to look at verses one or four through eight in Revelation and see what he talks about here. Okay. Revelation one, four through eight. John, right? We talked about John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before the throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, highlight that, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen i am the alpha the omega the beginning the end says the lord who is and was and is to come the almighty can i get an amen now here's what i want you to do verses 4 through 8 i want you to highlight that i want you to i want you to much put a marker do something with it in your bible you go why here's why Everything that we read here is going to be now explained, not tonight, but through all the seven churches. And it's so cool, because what John just said, they're going to come back, and he's going to talk about the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, the church of Pergamos, all of that is going to be found in here. You're know, like, oh. Now, what we'll do in the next few weeks, guys, is we'll dissect them and go through. So who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? Okay. Well, let's notice, guys, his place of authority. Write that down. His place of authority. Verse 4. John says, to the seven churches which are in Asia. Okay? We read it. Grace to you and peace from him who was and him who is to come from the seven spirits who are before the throne. Keep that in mind because we'll get to dissect that really, really cool. Okay? Now, think about if you're Emperor Domitian. And you pick up a letter, the first part of this, and you go, the seven spirits from the throne, John is a wackadoodle. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But Old Testament, if you know your Old Testament over in Isaiah, it actually talks about the seven spirits of God. So they would go, that's Jesus. Okay, okay. Now, we don't have time today, but, but let's break it down, okay? Seven churches. Everybody see this? These are seven literal churches in Asia Minor. But what is interesting is now we can go back and see that each church, okay, actually represents a period of church history. So this is where, this is why I know the Bible is not written by man. Oh, man wrote the Bible. No, no, no. Man penned it, but it was inspired by God. Okay. How do you know? Because you have seven literal churches. But you also have seven churches in church history, and yet every one of us in our walks find ourselves in one of those churches. Unbelievable. You're like, wow. And so that's what we see, seven literal churches, okay? And he also says this, guys, he says this, grace and peace. And I thought, wow, what a great opening. Why? Because we can never have the peace from God until we experience the grace of God. We could never have that peace. You see, it's used 12 times, grace and peace, grace and peace, right? And what does he say? He says, grace and peace. And Paul uses it nine times. Out of those 12, Paul uses it nine times. And you go, what's the point? Here's the, here it is. You ready? Here's some application. Here's something you can take home, something you can chew on for the rest of the night. If we want true peace in our home, at work, with our spouse, with our children, we need to fully understand the grace of God. We have to grasp it. I've seen so many people abuse the grace of God. You go, how so? Well, again, they're going, hey, Listen, I gave my life to the Lord back in 1998. I can do whatever I want, and I can sin however I want, and I'm going to do this and do this and do this and do this because I'm under grace. You misunderstand God's grace. You need to fully understand it so you have peace. And so the peace comes when you grasp it. You go, oh, wow. Because in the same manner we understand grace, we tend to behave that way towards others. Wouldn't you agree? You go, what do you mean? Well, let me say this. When we understand true forgiveness, come on somebody, then we forgive. When we really understand that how God has forgiven us, that's when we can forgive. When we understand true acceptance, then we accept people the way they are. Wow, isn't that deep? It's amazing because I feel like Christians seem to be, you know, judging all the time. We don't, we know what we've done, but look at you. Or look how the, and it's like, no, listen, when we understand, I mean, I know who I am. And I'm telling you, that's a tough journey, but I know who I understand true acceptance, and so we should begin to accept people the way they are. When we understand true love, then that's then we can learn to truly love, and when we understand true grace, then peace is the result of that. Well, who else is jesus well he's he's the one point number two guys he's the one who transcends time. Look at verse four: he is the one who is and who was and who is to come. You know what he says? Jesus is. God. Why? Well, he lives in the present, but he also lived in the past. He lives in the prospective tenses of time, beginning, ending, everything in between. That's who God is. You guys ready? You you, you need some encouragement tonight? Hey, 2021, God's already there. He's already there. So why are you tripping? I don't know. Why am I stressed? I don't know. Because sometimes I get my eyes off who God really is and onto me. But God's already there. Oh, here's another newsflash. You know your past? God was there. And he saw everything I did? Mm Mm-hmm. And he forgave me anyway? Mm Mm-hmm. There's no one who knows you better, and he forgives you anyway. Wow. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm telling you right now. He says, to the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, most believe this is a reference to the Holy Spirit, but we're going to see later on how it ties in so beautifully with what they would be studying in the book of Isaiah. It also says he is the faithful witness. Do you guys see that? He is the faithful witness. That word witness is martyrs. Guys, the original meaning is one who is willing to die for what he believes. I'm a martyr, a witness, martyr. Jesus, guys, was willing to die for us. Do you understand that? This is Jesus. The Father wasn't twisting his arm. Okay, picture this: there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit up in heaven. They're drawing straws. Who's going to go die for mankind? They look at him and go, "Oh, Adam and Eve, you blew it. Oh no." Okay, shortest straws goes. And Jesus goes, "Oh! All right. I'll go. I don't want to. I love it here." Okay, he was willing, guys. He was willing. Because it was the it was the plan of the Father that he had to fulfill. He was a faithful witness of the Father. That's what he was. He is the faithful witness. What he says is true, and you can count on that. He utters absolute basic reality. I love that in reading the Bible, we can understand that here is the revelation of things that really are. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Okay, put on your thinking caps, everybody. I know you're thinking. I know the wheels are turning. I want you to go back in time to 2019. Go back in 2019. You guys remember? Ah, the good old days. Never in your life did you think where we would be in 2020. You didn't. Mike was out there telling me some of the protocols that states are putting in place is outrageous. It's outrageous, and yet the Lord had already told us He told us guys, he told us in matthew twenty four he said this is going to happen oh you know there there's 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 you know, races are fighting each other, blacks and this and that and the other, and Hispanics and, and all this and the stuff. And I mean, but Jesus told us nation will rise against nation. They're going to fight in this, and there's going to be all this. And he says there's going to be lawlessness. And then we have all this lawlessness and everybody goes, Oh, the point is, is that what Jesus said is true. Now, when he says about salvation, you have to, you have to take him to the bed. Yeah. Okay. Lord, put my faith and trust in you. See, Jesus would never lie to you. He loves us that much. He loves us that He's the faithful witness. And I, I'm thinking about this, guys, in a confusing world in which we live, we're bombarded by conflicting philosophies, are we not? Many ideas are, wide, are, 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 are widely different. Many of the value systems are wholly antagonistic to others. And then we have to often go, what is right? I don't even know what's, isn't that the truth? I mean, we are bombarded with all kinds of media information over and 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 over, and we just get tired of it. I was talking to um, Adam, I was talking to Adam, and Adam said he's reading a book about the art of war. I don't know if. You guys understand. And he said, he goes, Pastor, you know what I find interesting in the art of war? Before a country attacks another country in warfare, what they do is they send over so much information that it's overwhelming. They, they, it's propaganda. They just keep hit over and over and over, and it wears the country down until they're ready to attack. I looked at him, I thought, that's what, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Over and over. And, and and come December 2nd, guys, we're we're tired. We're just like, no more. No more. What about the election? I don't want to talk about the election anymore. I don't know. What about this? What about that? What about this? And we're just like, and nobody says a thing that there was a 4.4 magnitude earthquake in Syria, which we had talked about a few weeks ago, because the Lord told us that we are going to have a what? Earthquakes. Am I painting a good enough picture? Do you guys see? You see what's going on in the world. And I get it, guys. I get it. We've all lived long enough where we're like, Are you, this is real. This, this is going to go down. This is going down. If I don't take my final breath on earth, I'm going to hear a trumpet. And I'm going to be raptured. And I'm going to be high-fiving all of you on the way up. This is going to be amazing. We made it. Yay! Because it says we're going to be forever be with the Lord. This is happening. Now I'm getting off track, but I'm so passionate about it. Why? Because here's what we should be doing, guys. In these last days, you need to be loving more, forgiving more, accepting more, trying to get that, trying to, trying to get that out of your brain and say, man, I follow you, Jesus. You don't know my coworker. Small potatoes, man. Small potatoes. Well, the governor said we shouldn't eat. Small potatoes, man. In light of Jesus coming back, really what matters? What matters? It says he was the firstborn from the dead. This does not mean that he was the first man that rose from the dead. We know that. But he was the first man to what? To be raise from the dead and stay that way. He's alive. He's alive. He is the first prototype of our resurrected body. Unbelievable. He's, think about this, he's like the guy, he's like the first one who goes into the, to, to the water first and then says, the water's fine, come on in. That's what he's saying. That's what happens with death. Eva, because Jesus died and three days resurrected, he's telling you, water's fine, come on, when you're ready, come on. And you don't have anything to worry about. Now, we miss you. We're the ones who are hurting. Oh, we miss our loved ones. We do. But for the believer, (laughs) it's graduated, man. You know what I'm saying? They went home. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. Hey, I've had enough fun in this planet. I'm ready to go home. But I want you to think about this for a second. Think about those who don't know my Jesus. Think about those who, are, who, are, who just don't know my Jesus, and, and where's their hope? What, what, what are, is there hope in a president? Is there hope in an economy? Is there hope in a Is there hope in a vaccine? Is there hope in antibodies? Where's their hope? My hope is in Jesus alone. Well, you have to say that. You're a pastor. No, 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 no. Pastor aside, as a believer, my hope is in Jesus that's all I got. That's all I need. The Bible says that he is the king. He says, this is Jesus, the ruler of kings. Isn't that encouraging? Today, guys, we have all these powerful leaders, which they claim to be sovereign. But now, here we're told that the one who transcends times, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, Jesus is our hero. He is the ruler of kings. He is the ruler of kings. Now, check this out. You ready? You ready? He sets the limits in which others must live. You guys aren't getting this. You aren't getting this. He is the great lawmaker, king over all the other kings. What does that mean? Everything you see in the world... My God is king over all that, and they have to obey him. And one day he's gonna come and say, You guys out. Move over, guys. I am king of kings. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like I don't like what they stand for. I don't like what this. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Jesus to come. So he's introduced here. He's the truth teller, the life giver, the lawmaker. And that describes his place of authority, okay? So that's who Jesus is. You guys got it? So now we have his plan of redemption, right? First, he loves us. Note that in the present tense, and this is not a past tense, it is true that he loved us, right? He loved the whole world, for God so loved the world, guys, that he gave his only begotten son. But Jesus loves us now. This is going to get good. This is going to get good. I'm telling you right now. Why? Listen to me. Jesus doesn't love a better version of you. He's not waiting for you to get better. Oh, Lord, if I just, you know, if I just walk a little bit more of the straight and narrow. No, no, no. He loves you now, and that love should do something in your heart. What it should do? It should transform you to love Him first and foremost, everything else aside. And when you love Him first and foremost, guys, you obey His word. That's, that's what it should do. That's what true love does. <laughs> it does so oh God. He's not looking and going, Man, you just listen, Rosa, you need to clean yourself up a little bit more, and then I'll love you. You need, you need to, you know, be a little bit nicer, or he's not any of that stuff. He's going, I love you now, just the way you are. And you know what we say half the time, I'm a mess. He goes, I know. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Wow. Jesus knows us perfectly, and yet he keeps loving us. Here's a challenge for you tonight, guys. Rest well tonight. Just knowing that Jesus loves you. Think about it like, let me illustrate it this way, okay? You can tell the depth of a well by how much rope you have to lower to reach the bottom. You can tell the depth by how much, okay? And you go, well, what does that mean? When I see how much rope God had to lower, when I see the length he had to go in order to save me, I don't see how great I am. Instead, I see how lost I was. How great he is is really what I see. And I thank God that he keeps loving me. And here's what I love. Ready? His love never fluctuates. Okay? His love never fluctuates. It's not Thursday mornings, Ah, not really, I'm not really in, down with you or, or anything else. I like what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 31.3 3 says this, The Lord has appeared to me of old saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Jeremiah 31.3, I love that, with an everlasting love. He also washed us, right? The Lord washed us. He loosed and made us free. That's what it means, the word washed. He has freed us from sins by his blood. He breaks the shackles of the evil habits in our lives. He sets us free from the dependencies we have allowed to harass us, to shackle us, and to limit us. Guys, he breaks those. Some, I am sure, have struggled with drug dependency or alcohol dependency, and you know what a horrible grip they can get upon your life, but here is the one that can set you free. We are we, we are all sinfully dependent people, and we have been shackled by the evil one. Selfish attitudes, hot tempers, lustful passions, angry, self-centered talk. But Jesus, His plan for us is one of complete redemption. One of complete redemption. It goes on in Revelation 1.6. I wish, man, I wish I could develop this more, but we're running out of time. Verse 6 says, He has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's the purpose for us, guys, that he has made us a kingdom of priests to serve the Lord God. You know what a priest's work was, guys? A priest was to heal uh, the sense of alienation which people felt with God. That's how they felt. Sinners feel estranged from God. He's sending you guys out to be kings and priests, to bring people in, to bring people in. That's the work of believers today, guys. We are to help people in their agony, in their injury, in their darkness, and even in their lostness. Realize that God is longing to draw himself to heal Their alienation. That's what God does. Verse 7 says, Behold, I'm coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Now, here's what I want you to write down, guys, so people know. Verse 7 is a reference to his second coming. Okay? It's not the rapture. He says he's coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him. In the rapture, not every eye is going to see him. Because one minute we'll be here, boom, we're gone. And people are going to keep doing life like they did. But here he's talking about guys, okay? So let me, let me give you this illustration. You know what, you know what John just did right there? He changed the channel. He took us from who Jesus is and here's your purpose, and he changed the channel and he's saying, okay, now we, we move to the second coming. Do you see how revelation works? Okay? Now, Domitian would have went, Huh? He's coming in the cloud. <laughs> Who's coming in the clouds? I mean, John, you have you have walked one too many miles in the island of Patmos, man. Guys, in Zechariah chapter twelve, verse ten, it says, "I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they will look on me, whom they have pierced." Yes, they will mourn for him, the one who mourns for his only son, and grieve him as one grieves. He had already prophesied. There's going to be people. Can you imagine? Here's what I love. Rosa, check this out. We're going to come back with him. We're going to come back with him. And my God and is going to be on a white horse, and he's going to come back. And, and you know where I'm going to be? I'm going to be holding on to Jesus and he's going to be, Ben, you need to get your own horse, okay? I mean, but Lord, I love you. But you got to get your own horse, okay? But we're all going to come back and every eye's going to see him and they're going to just, they're going to know who's God. They're going to know who's God. I called my friend up yesterday and he pastors a church in Albuquerque. I'm on his board. And um, the governor of New Mexico has really crippled that state right now. can't can't have services, so forth. And um, we prayed for her. We prayed for salvation. Because really, in the light of all of this going on, guys, eternity in hell is not worth everything that's going down. You understand? We have to have a heart for people to go like, listen, listen, I know... This person is evil. I know he's, and 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 our flesh says, let him go. Let you know what they deserve everything they get. But really, think about eternity, guys. This is not like, hey, I'm going to spend. Well, I was, I did bad, and and when the COVID crisis hit, I I was yucky. I'm sorry. Okay, my penance is 50 years apart from it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about eternity, and every human being. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Do you, do you guys remember? Do you remember what Jesus said with with Judas? Do you remember what he said when he walked out? He said, man, it it had been better if he had never been born. And I think, man, you know what? For people to spend eternity away from God, a God who loves them, a God who died for them, a God who has an amazing plan for them, it would have been better, not in a mean way, but it had been better that they had never been born. And what that makes me want to do is pray more, Fast more and just really cry out to God for the souls of people that I love. Okay, so that's who Jesus is. Oh, let's finish at verse 8. He says, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, that's who Jesus is, okay? So what I want to do is I'm going to take a quick look and uh, say goodbye to to Revelation. Go over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Verses one through three. Okay. This is who we were and this is who we are. You guys ready? He says, and he made you alive who were dead in trespass. He's talking about us now. We know who Jesus is. We know who. Now, who am I, Lord? He made me alive who were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedient among whom also We all once condemned ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Wow. What a contrast to who Jesus was. Did you see what he just said about me? You know what I say about that, Santos? Amen. Why? Well, let's break it down. First of all, he says, I was dead in... Trespasses. I was dead in trespasses. You, know, what does that mean? That means transgression. That means fault. That means offense. That means sin. I was dead in trespasses and sin. That's who I was. That's who I was. He says, you were worldly. I go, amen. Did you know that we follow Satan even without knowing it? Or worldly. He says, and you're fleshly. He says, we fulfilled the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, 19 and 20 says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are what? Adultery, fornication, unclean, guilty. Gu- I should just say guilty. Guilty, adultery, guilty, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. That's not me. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies. Envy, murders, dr- I've never murdered anyone. Well, Jesus said, if, you, if you, uh, you're angry with your brother, it's the same as... Oh murdered, a murderer, okay, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We fulfill the desires of the flesh. We fulfill the desires of the mind, deep thought, poorly in faculty, by implication, it's exercise, imagination, mind, and understanding. And he also tells us, guess what? Oh, by the way, you were children of wrath. By nature, we were children of wrath. No, 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 no. Amanda, I found God. I found... No, no, no. You didn't go looking for God. You were, by nature, children of wrath. It was the Holy Spirit who illuminated the scales fell from your eyes. And that's when you said, I need Jesus. Listen, this is who we were. This is who we were. And I don't understand why, in the body of Christ, we sometimes walk around with spiritual pride. Listen, saints, whenever we start thinking we're something, remember, apart from God, we are all those characteristics found in verses, in the first verse all the way to the third verse in Ephesians. That's who we were. But stay with me, because look at verse 4. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when, everybody say, even when, we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit at the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Let me stop right there and say, do you believe that? you believe that? Isn't that amazing? Did you notice that phrase, in Christ? What does that mean? Well, three points in our study. This is who you are, in Christ. This is who you are. Okay? You ready? God sees us. He sees me and you right now in Christ. You with me? He sees us, jot this down, a new creation. A new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. So you're a new creation. Give me an amen. Number two, you're totally accepted. What do you mean? Romans 15.7. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ has received us to the glory of God. You are totally accepted. Can I get an amen? You are completely loved. That's what we need. We need to be loved. John 15:9 says as the Father loved me I also love you abide in my love. You are 100% forgiven. Can I get a good amen? Colossians 2:13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness conveyed us unto the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins. And of course, Ephesians one seven says, "In Him we have redemption through the blood, His blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace." So, guess what? We are one hundred percent, not ninety nine, one hundred percent forgiven. Number five, you are absolutely righteous. Second Corinthians five twenty one says, "For He have made Him no sin to be sin for us." that we might become the righteousness of God. That's a good place for an amen. That's like, wow, Lord, thank you. Number six, you are holy in his sight. Holy in his sight. Ephesians 1, 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Number seven, we are reconciled back to God. Romans 5, 10, 11 says, for if for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So we are redeemed to God. We are reconciled to God. The, number eight, we are redeemed. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, we are redeemed. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed to us the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Let me give you this one. You ready? Jot this one down. you perfect. I am not now he sees you as perfect. Hebrews ten fourteen says, by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Wow. Number ten, you're justified. Justified. Romans five one says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you one more. One more. You're complete. You're complete. Colossians 2.10 says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. These are all the things. Okay, so we see who Jesus was. Then we saw who we were, past tense, and now we see who we are in him. Why wouldn't you want to give your life to him? Why wouldn't you want to surrender completely? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't want to be singing that song, I did it my way. My way doesn't work. His way's best. Will you pray with me? And here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to pray, and um, there's just a few of us in here, so we're just going to spend some time there. They'll sing and just just um, get ready, prepare your hearts for communion. It's just coming up, grab one, pray, and um, and you'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, Lord. we thank you for who we are. Lord, I'm so excited. And how you move and you do everything, and you've blessed us, and it's just, it's just amazing. But Lord, I could preach all day long, and I thank you for the saints that have received your word, but my heart is for those that are not saved, for people who are searching and seeking that your Holy Spirit would touch them. Guys, as we prepare our hearts for communion, I pray. So if you're watching online and you just happen to be clicking or going by or you, you specifically um, are watching and you're not in a right relationship with God, I pray that today you would be, that you would surrender your life today. Or maybe you're here in this room and you're not in a right relationship with God. I would, I would just say today's the day to surrender to Him. You go, Ben, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? I mean, seriously. Um, wow, this is, this is confusing, but I know that I'm not right. Listen, all you have to do is just surrender. Say, Lord, today I'm yours. I believe in you. Come into my heart and, and, and and be my God. I surrender. I repent. I'm going to follow you. And if you haven't done that, I would be honored to pray with you and to pray for you. So while we're singing, let's get our hearts ready, guys, for communion. Just come on up. And um, Eva, because of your foot, I'll take one to you. And uh, now all the whole world knows that you have a broken foot. No, it's not broken. It's just... <sighs> Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your love. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.